everybody, welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 28, if you would believe it. And I'm your pal Val, and with me is the amazing Jason. How are you, sir? Hey, Val, I'm doing okay today. That's awesome. Yeah, I thought today we would do a recap of the last race there at Kansas, uh, talk about some of the moves. So it's kind of called the silly season where the end of the season is coming down and people are shaking out for rides for next year. I opened the box of Prism. We can talk about Prism and, and some of the stuff that I've seen in that. And also, which leads me into the last one, we'll talk about the, the rookie logo on NASCAR trading cards. So and if you're new to NASCAR radio, we talk about a blend of NASCAR and the world of trading cards, NASCAR trading cards. So uh, with all that, uh, we had the race at Kansas last week. Really interesting. Um, we had truck race, Xfinity race, and cup race. We're at the part of the season where we have eight drivers left. Uh, we only have three, four races left. Um, if any of those final eight drivers uh, can win, they are in for the final four at Phoenix. So in the truck series, we had Brett Moffitt won. And I didn't realize this when I was checking some notes for the podcast there that uh, I've forgotten that he was the 2018 Camping World Truck Champion. So with that win, he is in, and the final four for Phoenix has a shot at another championship. So I was looking up his cards, and actually his rookie cards are this year, uh, 2020. And he's got a lot in uh, Dunruss and some in, in Chronicles, and then he also has some in Prism this year. So uh, he's a, a champion already, uh, looking for his second championship in the truck level. So uh, prices, I believe, are not that high for him yet. So I use uh, checking my cards quite a bit and just scooting over there and looking at cards. His cards are not uh, very high. They range um, for, you know, 50 cents to uh, even autograph for 375 So... Uh, still very affordable. Um, again, this is a Trek level, so we're, we're um, probably, probably you know at the bottom of the three prongs there. Uh, but if uh, he's somebody you like, uh, he's definitely very collectible at that price. So let me ask <clears> you before you go on, because a lot of people, like say in the other sports in baseball for a rookie card, most people are either Bowman or Tops, you know, Tops, Tops update. For racing, is there one to you that if you were, say, a current rookie card collector, would you stick to a base on Russ or like a base Prism? You know, what's your what's your rookie card brand of choice? Yeah, I don't I don't know if I necessarily have a particular brand. I think things are being pushed to Prism and maybe optic. I do like the little, I guess, the shiny stuff. You know, I'm more of a, a base, not a base, yeah, a set collector, I guess you could say. So uh, I like uh, the base cards, and I guess it all depends on how they look because I will try to get them autographed. But I don't know. Uh, I should ask you uh, what you think, you know, long-term, what you think people should, you know. I, I know, like in basketball, Prism is the thing to go for. So on one of my Twitter accounts, probably a year and a half ago, I asked this question because I had come into not a vintage football collection, but a bunch of 80s stuff. So I was pulling out rookie cards of, you know, Jim McMahon and Bosworth and Rod Woodson and all those guys and thought, well, since I have all these rookies and a lot of them are Hall of Famers, I should probably continue some sort of like rookie card collection. And I actually posted the question on Twitter that if you were a Topps football rookie card collector, and Topps obviously no longer has that license for the NFL, what would what would in your mind continue being that Topps rookie card? You know, would it be Don Ross or would it be Prism? Because if you, 
before all this COVID stuff and things got a little wonky on the pricing, a prison pack was, you know, three or four bucks where a Donruss pack was two or three bucks. You know, so in my mind, that you could really go one way or the other. And I was thinking Don Russ the whole time for football, and the votes for Prism far outweighed anything else. So I think really? I would have to go with Prism just because I see the point of the long-term value is probably more there for the Prism than it is for the Don Russ. But in my mind, as a collector of 30-plus years, tops and Don Russ are equals. You know, you bring up a great point. So Chronicles would be, you know, your brand, your brand new brand this year. For Panini, they've created Prism cards every year except for 2017 when they did Select. And then they've done Dunrose from every year from 2017. So I've think the Prism brand and the Dunners brand, because they do the retros in the Dunners brand, are two that are pretty much guaranteed to have legs and, to your point, to continue on so that if you're going to start collecting a particular driver, that you can collect them every year. I I think that's a great point. So, uh, you know, using that uh, analogy then, and then with Dunruss, they've also done Optic in Dunruss for the last two years, the last three years, I think, the last two. So the Optic could be another brand, I think, that gives you a little bit of shiny at the Dunruss level uh, and a few parallels to Chase. So I, I think that's probably correct. And that's, I guess that's my answer, Jason. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think there's a – obviously, there's not a wrong answer. And Don Russ versus Prism, you're going to have one, you know, I would say most collectors are going to be set back in picking one. You know, there's people like me that can't decide on a lot of things because I like attributes of, you know, each option. But I think in this case, it's not quite like Chrome versus Heritage, but it's that similar argument where you either like the shiny or you don't. And not to, you know, branch off into something else, but when you said it, it reminded me, with Prism not having that one year, how they switched it to select, that would bother me as far as continuity goes. And that would make me pick Don Russ. But, you know, then again, that's, you know, that's just my one opinion, uh, you know, but we're going off into a whole other subject here other than race results. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, it's funny you bring that up, we had, um, we were kind of mentioned on the card talk, Ryan, Tyler, and Lou, they're probably most famous for being in Gary V's group, you know, doing the trading cards and stuff and Pokemon. And Tyler had a question. He was wanting to know, he was interested in buying Bubba Wallace. And he saw the 2018 Prism with the rookie on it, RC on it, and then he saw the 2016, and so he basically wanted, you know, hey, which one should I get? Which one, you know, as a NASCAR trading card collector, which one should he get? So, and I guess where I'm going with this is, you know, it'd been awesome if they would have had that 2017 Prism, but. You know, and, and, and that doesn't answer the question that Tyler was saying, but it, it does, you know, have that gap in there. And, and, you know, is that why, you know, Bubba's got the rookie in 18 and maybe not, you know, 17 or whatever. But, but we, we can talk about that later. I want to finish up or talk about the Xfinity race at Kansas. Chase Briscoe had uh, won that. So he punches his ticket for the final four in Phoenix. You know, he's got cards in 2018, uh, Panini certified. And, see, I see Prism on here, but I think they're just signatures and no face. So I think, and then you got 2018 Victory Lane, which they look like signatures as well. So, no, I think he does have base. Oh, you know what it was? I pulled 20, I was thinking I opened some packs, and I know I pulled the Chase Briscoe with the RC logo on it. 
but it was 2019, so it goes back into our rookie situation thing. But uh, so his rookies are in 20, his base uh, 2018 certified, and he's got some signatures, uh, autographs in the other series as well. So, and then on another note, he also got or with Clint Boyer leaving Stuart Haas Racing, uh, he's going to be filling in the 14, uh, taking. Clint Boyer's place. So uh, he's getting called up to cup level. So uh, it'd be pretty interesting if he won uh, Xfinity Series and moved up. So he's got, I think we talked about it before in other episodes, he's got nine wins on the season already. So uh, he basically, you know, battling Austin Cedric, who's got five wins. Uh, and I use the wins as kind of an analogy of, you know, they, they can win quite a bit. So you never know when, uh, you know, they can, they can uh, still win and move up. So it's awesome for Chase that he's moving up to Cup next year and has a shot at the championship at being one of the final four. And that brings us to the Cup level. Uh, Joey Logano won and uh, punches his ticket for the final four at Phoenix. Uh, he is a previous Cup champion having won in 2018. So uh, he's the first one of the group to punch his ticket to be eligible to win the championship at Phoenix. So uh, we've talked about Joey's cards before uh, with all the wins and stuff that he's done over the season. And then his stuff is in 2008. He doesn't have a lot in 2008. I think Press Pass tried to get him in as much stuff as they could. Uh, his nickname, if you don't remember, Jason, was Sliced Bread because he's, he's the next big thing after Sliced Bread. Oh, yeah, bread. I do know. I forgot all about that. Yeah, so uh, they put him in. He's got uh, some autographs in the 2008 Press Pass signings, uh, and then he's also in the Legends. So how how'd you like that? As a, as a rookie, your first cars are in the Press Pass Legends series. And then in the VIP, the the Press Pass VIP, they added a, they used to do a zero card commemorating an event or something. So he has a VIP zero card that is serial numbered to 499. So that's a kind of a tough one to find. Uh, I was able to find one, and, of course, you know, I got it signed. So um, I thought that would be a unique, unique collectible there. And then he's also in the Wheels Thunder. He's in the Trackside Treasury inserts. Those are the ones that look like dollar bills. That um, I might have told you this story already that when Press Pass was having the printer print them, they shut it down and to get the um, FBI or the, the government to unlock those uh, printers because it was too close to towards looking like money. And he's got some inserts in there at the delegates and campaign trail. So he's got two inserts in that American Thunder and then the autograph. So not a lot of cards in 2008. And then 2009, he's like everywhere. So that's awesome for Joe Logano uh, going for his second championship. But uh, don't despair. Um, if your driver didn't make it, they have another shot at the Texas Motor Speedway coming up uh, Sunday, October 25th. The truck, Xfinity, and Cup are in Texas this week, which is very exciting. And then that kind of leads me into, we were talking about movers. Um, I had heard something, and it made a little bit of sense, where they were comparing Toyota um, development drivers to other development drivers like Ford. And, you know, they said that Toyota, being just the Joe Gibbs camp, basically, they have so many drivers, and instead of having a lot of, teams and some doing so-so, they would concentrate on having fewer number but better drivers. Um, that's great and all, but then you kind of burn through drivers. So, and it made me think of Daniel Soares. So when Carl Edwards retired abruptly, they moved Daniel Soares up. And so Daniel Soares was there for a couple of years. Uh, then he kind of got bumped out for Eric Jones. And now Eric Jones is getting bumped out for Christopher Bell. And, um, you know, they're having to, uh, you know, find other rides. So, Daniel Soares landed with another team. I don't know if it was Levine or something like that. And then 
uh, Eric Jones was just announced to run for Richard Petty Motorsports, um, filling the seat vacated by Bubba Wallace, who went to the new, um, and we talked about it before we came on the air, that the new 2311 team, um, so that is the Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin team, running the number 23 car. And then you have, you know, we talk about the development. So Ford takes a little different approach. So Chase Briscoe is a Ford development driver, and so he's moving up, like I said, with Stuart Hoffs Motors. And then Haley Deacon's also one of those uh, Ford development drivers, and she's moving up to truck. I don't know if you saw that was announced or we talked about it, but she's going to run full-time in truck next year, which is uh, probably the step in, in the right direction for her to give her more seat time in the trucks, doing a lot of pits and stuff like that. So uh, if you're kind of a prospector or you're looking for somebody to collect the folks down in the truck series or even um, ARCA or K&N West where they're really far down. And that's one thing I was going to say, Jason, that's different than baseball, is that NASCAR is a sanctioning body over all of the levels. So it's like Major League Baseball being over all the minor leagues and the major leagues, and then tops putting out cards for every level. And that kind of gets confusing because who, you know, is it their first card? Is it their first rookie? Is it the first rookie at that level? You know, I, I don't know. The rookie card logo, I think, is kind of a mess. Um, or I just say a mess. It's confusing, I guess, for non-NASCAR collectors. I know that was one of the things that I kind of grappled with when I started collecting NASCAR. And, and it was, I guess it's from the days of Press Pass and Beckett where they listed the the driver and then they would list them, you know, with a rookie, and then they would list their, another year would be a CRC, Cup Rookie Card. I don't know how... Or what the solution is, I know. Um, I think they Panini's working on it this year in Prism. I noticed that some of the drivers who are going for Rookie of the Year have the Sunoco uh, Rookie of the Year logo on the card in place of where they have the RC logo on others. So that's the first time I've seen that. I don't know. I don't think they have that on the Chronicles, off the look. From what I opened in Chronicles, I don't remember any Sunoco rookie card uh, logos. I didn't notice anything different. And I don't know how far in depth you want to go with this conversation, but, you know, we kind of did talk about it before we started. And it's really not, it's that thing of, to me, it's not confusing. It's the card companies that make it confusing. And because... I'm, I'm the outsider, for sure, especially between the two of us. But is are the lower levels of NASCAR treated like the minor leagues of baseball? I think so, because one of the tag slogans for the Xfinity is names are made here. So that basically, you know, the level before Cup, you know, it's like, you don't want to know my name, but you know, they you start to learn who they are before they get to the cup level. Right. And to me, that's where it's weird because, say, for Tops, give that example of when they do Heritage Minors or Pro Debut or, you know, whatever, there aren't any rookie card logos on there. So, in a sense, and we're not even going to talk about Bowman at, the, at this point, <laughs> it's a whole other conversation. But when they do Heritage Miners Pro Debut, there are no rookie card logos. And they could essentially put some sort of logo on there that's like, this is their single-A rookie card, this is their double-A rookie card, and, you know, on and on. And it's almost as if whenever they do the, when NASCAR is doing, or I guess Panini is doing the NASCAR cards, they're making that, choice of putting them on they're making that choice of putting them on the card with a new rookie card logo 
where it would be much more simpler to just wait until they actually made their Cup Series debut. I think that would separate, you know, these rookie cards from everything else. Um, and then they, those would be treated almost as if they're minor league cards to a degree. Yeah, I don't think, you know, I mind that they have these different logos on them. It's more of maybe educating the collector. Right. Uh, I'm looking at, you know, so when I was talking about the Sunoco rookie on Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick, they're at the cup level, but that same Sunoco rookie logo is on Harrison Burton. So that's Xfinity level. So I'm almost wondering if you need, and you can't have, NASCAR is a little different. I'm thinking so. If you, you can't have Xfinity rookie because, you know, it was Bush, you know, one year for a certain set of years, and then it was nationwide another set of years, and then now it's Xfinity. So, you know, do you need a, a special cup rookie logo? I think that would help than, you know, just a rookie level or just a rookie or maybe I was thinking, do you do a first prism? first prism card, and then you have a rookie for cup. I, I don't know. I'd love to know what other people think about this topic. Again, it's just kind of educational so that when somebody finds a card, it's like, oh, this is really, you know, either their first card or they realize that, well, maybe they have some cards, you know, before that. And that's where I was kind of going with, with Tyler as his question with Bubba Wallace saying, it's got the rookie on the 2018, and he thought, all right, this is rookie, and then realizing, well, no, he's got cards in 2016, and so who, you know, baseball, I guess, is a little, it has, I don't know, over 50 years to, you know, iron stuff out, and then with so many products coming out, and NASCAR doesn't have that problem. Right. When you have a couple There's of... One in, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, okay. I say there's one person because as we were talking and you were talking about Chase, I was looking at the standings for the Xfinity series, and I'm going to mispronounce the name, I'm sure, but Justin Algar, Algar, yeah. So looking at him, I thought oh, I'm going to check his cards out. I'll check out my cards, and he's got stuff all the way back in 2010, and that to me is like okay, which card? Because he's not at the top level yet, but he's had cards for 10 years. And let's say he goes to the next level whenever, say it's next year or next season, and then he gets that rookie card logo. What do you, to me, that's like the ultimate, like, what do you do here? Because he's had 10 years of cards already. Yeah, so just as I was funny you bring him up, Justin Allgaier actually. Um, I think his cards in 2009, and he okay. actually yeah, went up. Wow. Yeah. So, but to your point though, he was in Xfinity and was up in Cup level, and then came back down to run okay. Cup, and he has done pretty well in the Cup level. I mean, I'm sorry, the Xfinity level. And some drivers, you know, they only run in or only ran in the cup level. There's a couple few, a few guys in the Hall of Fame that um, only ran in the Xfinity level, you know, and had championships, numerous championships, and were recognized uh, to be inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So that's the other thing. You know, the Xfinity and truck might not be, you know, you still get in the Hall of Fame. I was just thinking of oh, my goodness, there's a guy who ran just in the trucks that's in the Hall of Fame, but he ran for years. So I don't want to necessarily say that just because you're in the truck or the Xfinity, you know, you don't you, ha you haven't made it. So, you know, there's folks that just kind of specialize in those levels, if that makes sense, not to dis... Right, you know, and I'm not that saying that at all either. But I think from an outsider perspective, and every time I say outsider, I'm pretty much talking about my perspective because I'm the new guy here. I I look at those levels as pro, triple A, double A. You know, I look at them in the baseball terms, and, you know, maybe I'm incorrect in doing that. Um, you know, maybe you need to 
teach me a little bit more here, Val, but that's the way that I look at him, and I'm kind of wondering if others do the same, you know, especially like you're, you're mentioning Tyler asking about the Bubba Wallace cards. He obviously is an outsider trying to break in and understand it, and it's confusing, which so are some of the other sports, but I think when it's not like labeled that way, but it always seems as if people move up, like that's their goal. So I guess I just automatically assume that it's pro, triple A, double A kind of terms. Yeah, and I think for the most part, I think you can say that that's correct because the, the goal for most drivers is to work their way up and go to the cup level. Now, the folks that we've been talking about were, you know, running in these series. Um, um, what's this? What's the right term? Uh, you know, at least, I guess, 10 years ago or before where uh, NASCAR has turned into what it is. So, like, I was thinking of Ron Hornaday Jr. He's in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He was inducted a couple of years ago. He has four championships in the truck level. So, you know, he, he um, kind of specialized in that series. But I think, to your point, the majority of folks, at least the young kids, they want to go up to the cup. And I think that's where the big money is as well in the at the cup level than, you know, the lower levels. And NASCAR has kind of done that on purpose for money-wise is that, um, you know, say we uh, – I love this analogy. They say if you want to make a small fortune in NASCAR, start with a big fortune because so, uh, you're, you know, losing money that, right. um, to go racing. That the truck level – is kind of your introductory level. That's, you know, folks, if Jennifer Joe Cobb um, pops out of mind where, um, you know, they're scraping to, to put a team together uh, and that they, compete, they can, comp- can compete at some level without having the masters, massive sponsors. And then it gets a little more expensive when you go to Xfinity and naturally Cup, you know, I think we had talked about it before, you're looking at, you know, $13, $15 million to try to run, you know, a team like that. So, so you know, I think a lot of people, it makes a quick analogy. Everybody knows about baseball in the minor leagues, and then to kind of give that kind of view to the non-NASCAR person or when you're first starting out in NASCAR, it's more, it's easy to understand than, you know, than some of these folks who might be the exception to the rule. So let's go back to the Bubba Wallace thing. Uh, yeah. It was mentioned a couple of times, and I think it's important now, um, especially when, you talk, when you're talking about the new logo that's been added by Panini. So my opinion of the rookie cards is, you know, going back to baseball, I would rather have the Topps rookie card, which is usually the year that they start playing full-time or – the year before when they come in late, you know, in September or uh, like the September call-ups or whatever, and they are popular, do well, so they get added into an update set or, you know, whatever. So say, you know, my favorite player is Josh Fogg. His rookie cards in 2001 traded, but he really didn't start playing full-time until 2002. And then there's a lot of people that like the Bowman because it's first card, you know. For example, somebody might have a Bowman card in 2007 because that's when they either signed a big contract, got drafted number one, you know, whatever. But they don't actually make their major league debut till like 2010. And then that year they have a Topps card with a rookie card logo on that. But then there are some times where people have a Bowman card and a Topps card in the same year, and Mookie Betts is the example I'm going to use right now because he's the hot player with the World Series. He has a Bowman first and a Topps update rookie card that year. And the Topps update right now, ungraded, is going for 100 bucks, where the Bowman base, not the Chrome, is like 25 So there's a huge price difference. But on those guys where they're, they're in separate years, let's say a 
16 and then 18, like you were mentioning for Bubba Wallace, to you, you have more knowledge and more background in this. Which one would you pick? Because to me, I'm going to say, you know, the one with NASCAR, I'm going to say first card. But in baseball, I would say the card where they play full time. So I have different opinions on different sports. So I'm curious to see what you would say with NASCAR because you have the history and the experience with the sport more than I do. So as a baseball, you know, previous baseball, other sport collector, I do like the first card. You know, I think like the 2016 Silvers are – the 2016 Prism was the first release that Panini produced for trading cards, and that was released at the National or, you know, around that time, that summer. And uh, that was my first introduction to Prism. I'd never seen Prism before. Um and liked it, but you know, other stuff came in, and, and other, you know, I definitely still like the 2016 certified because I think that was kind of dumped at the end of 2016 in December, and then everything was everybody was moving on to other sports. So, um, and there's a lot of base in there, but the 2016 I definitely have come to appreciate a lot more now um, with the silvers and seeing what's going on with the basketball, and and you know, before all those basketball and all that other stuff. The silver set is actually one of the ones that I actually collected and, you know, tried to com- complete because I'd opened so much regular base prism uh, or prism packs and had gotten the silvers. Um, the colors, uh, not so much, but there aren't a ton of colors. So I really like the 2016, and, you know, so I consider that, going back to the baseball, that it's kind of their rookies, their first cards, you know, Chase and, and Ryan Blaney and the rest of them. Uh, and, you know, I do like the 2018, and that kind of leads me to, you know, so like with Haley Deegan, she has cards in 2018, 2019, and now with 2020, and she's got the RC logos on all of those, you know, and, and I think Panini's been putting the RC logos on, you know, at every level. So I guess, I don't know, it's just so confusing. I don't know. I would imagine Panini's working on it. And, and again, they probably need to work with NASCAR to come up with some kind of solution, just like Topps did with Major League Baseball. So, but I like the first cards because it's always, you know, collecting that rookie and seeing them, you know, and it kind of looks like, okay, you don't know what the future holds for this person. I always think of the 20, I don't know, the 2000 SP Authentic Jimmy Johnson. He's got these rosy cheeks, whatever. Like, you look at that card, like, this guy is going to go on to win seven championships. But looking at that card, you wouldn't know it. It's like looking at the Tom Brady 2000 SP Authentic, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I'm kind of, in a way, glad you said first card. Um, I kind of feel vindicated a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, um, as we're talking, I'm looking on check out my cards, and there's not a lot to choose from. And I feel like racing is starting to pick it up because people, so much of the other sports are getting a little outpriced. So, um, you know, and I'm trying to make decisions here on first card or, you know, rookie card or which one's going to work out. But what, so specifically on the bubble walls, you're going to say first card. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I use that analogy or use that through all the cards, you know, Max and Press Pass and, and all the other brands, uh, Upper Deck with SP Authentic, just because, you know, it, it's that first card, Innocence, uh, or whatever of, okay, this is their first card, and then they're going to turn out to be, you know, uh, whatever. And I think, you know, when we look at baseball and stuff like that, you know, that's what you're kind of looking at. Um, you know, I think of that 1969 Reggie Jackson rookie I got um, as a kid. And, you know, you know this guy's going to be Mr. October and, you know, and be known for all that stuff. And, you know, you look at that 69 rookie or – you know, pick whatever rookie card of your favorite, you know, baseball guy or um, I'm thinking of, you know, like Ken Griffey Jr., right, that 89 upper deck card. So yeah, I, I, 
when you were talking about the 69, Reggie, it makes me think of all the years where it was so simple when there were five brands, almost like the NASCAR, but the NASCAR is starting to get complicated a little bit. But, you know, when there's five brands and you're like, okay, this is his rookie card, every card that comes out this year, and then now we're in the time of somebody has 72 parallels in one year, and it's like, you know, what do you choose from, what set, and then, you know, oh, they had a card that came out four years ago, and it's like, it, it's a little confusing sometimes. The simpler is always better, but it's just, it's, now it's like making decisions on something that's already tough. Uh, you're making decisions on, you know, which one, and then the possibility of the collecting card market deciding that the other one, like in, we'll go back to that bubble wall, for example, you pick the first one, but that collecting market could be like, no, we like the 18 better, it's worth $100, and the 16 is worth $25, just like the Mickey Betts with the two different brands. You know, so it's so weird. You're definitely right. It's weird because it's a tough question to answer and a tough thing to choose, and we're talking about trading cards, you know, so it's tough for us involved, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's no right or wrong way. And, and a lot of, I think a lot of NASCAR collectors are driver collectors. And I don't know, maybe they pick one brand or the other. And to your point, you know, I, I saw this uh, discussion come up with uh, Prism basketball because Prism had gotten so crazy, like, well, you know, who's going to say that optic doesn't become the new prism in 10 years and or you know if chronicles keeps on going at the score you know I, I, but i think for that to happen you need continuity right to your point like with the dumbers and the prism you know chronicles is gonna is already a few years behind if they're gonna do what is some of the brands in there i know the score brand in there so you know, they're going to need to keep on producing score brand for numerous years if that's going to take any foothold. I definitely think Panini, by not producing a prism set in 2017, hurt them. Um, here we are, you know, in 2020, and now we've got, you know, um, all the years but one with the prism. So if you're wanting to collect, uh, you know, Ryan Blaney for all those years, you know, you're missing, do you go and get the select? But now select is in the Chronicles brand, and it's in 2017. So um, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know, what I think what made Top so great was that they only produced that flagship for, you know, whatever it was, 50 years before the market started getting hot. So they had that continuity every year. Yeah, that definitely helped them because even if you look at Don Russ for baseball, um, you know, and it doesn't go back that far, but it goes back to the early 80s. But then there were those years in the late 2000s, or late 90s and early 2000s where Donruss wasn't around. Um, so they lost that continuity. And then, you know, to add to the argument, some of the other brands, Upper Deck lost the license, you know, but they also had a NASCAR license at one point. So I, I definitely think the continuity huge, and I totally second what you said about the talks, because now you're talking 70 years that they've made a set, and they've got that license for almost 10 more, at least. The continuity definitely helps. I agree with you on the prism uh, being that missing set. I think that hurt Panini a little bit, especially if you're coming from the outside, and I think so many collectors, and I know you've told me this, and I think you've said it um, on our shows that so many collectors are coming from the outside thinking, well, they make Prism for racing, let's start, you know, looking into those. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, what happened here? Like, why is there a missing year? I think that hurts a little bit just for the fact of are these select cards going to sit? And I mean sit as in not sell or not be collected like the prism would. And to kind of go off subject a little bit, I've even noticed that the WNBA is going to have a prism release either like this week or next week or something. It's coming soon. 
I mean, this prism is expanding everywhere, but then when you look at NASCAR and there's that missing year, I totally agree with you that it hurts them a little. You know, it's not going to hurt the company financially or anything like that, but it definitely hurts from the collecting standpoint. Yeah, just that question needs to be answered, I guess, when collectors come in, um, you know, with that brand. I think you're right where NASCAR is still very affordable. So Prism Wax Boxes, you know, we had our show last week. Um, It was on the same day that Panini was releasing Prism on their website, and it sold out within an hour. Um, but on the secondary market, you know, the big three, everybody still had those, and they were holding at the 120 price point. Um, and I had gotten a box, and I'd opened it, and I have to say I was very impressed. It, I mean, was able to make a complete set out of a box. Uh, so that was awesome as a set collector. Uh, there are some name variations, and you know the the names can be the same on the front. So uh, if you are opening Prism, you want to look at the back. There's a checkered board pattern on the back of the card, and that is the name variation. And uh, the checklist on uh, Pini's website, um, they have like card 100, 101, 102, and 103. But on the card, there actually is a number is JR or King or Danica or Smoke. So there's a little confusion there. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, Prism is holding at that 120 and that is suggested retail price. So I don't know of any sport that is selling that the wax isn't inflated, you know. Well, to add some more notes to your argument, you said the box price was 120 and that was a week ago, and I'm looking at Steel City Collectibles' site right now, and it's still 120 Prism Football, 120 for the hobby box, 1440 for a case, for a 12-box case. Prism Football that comes out less than a month, their hobby boxes are already a grand. Just for a hobby box. Yeah. So... It's very obvious why people are looking for alternatives in the market situation that we're in because when you're talking 120 versus 1,000, why would you not take a chance? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and if you like basketball or anything with the Michael Jordan, um, you know, with the Bubba Wallace deal, you know, I think a lot of eyes are on NASCAR and then as long collectors, you know, and if you noticed, uh, if you're still on the website, Chronicles has dropped. I think it was like at 105 a box. So it was like 120. So I don't, I don't know. What was that? Yep, 105. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, don't tell nobody. If that's, if that's awesome. So, uh, like with the hobby boxes, they, uh, I meant to say that the hobby exclusive is the red and blue hyper prism parallel, and I'm gonna need your help with all these because. And then on the blasters, the exclusive is blue and Carolina blue prism hyper prism parallels. I haven't gotten all my color palettes down <laughs> down yet to know to distinguish all the different ones. I'm more like the 2016. Give me a green or a red or a blue. Uh, gold or silver, you know, so I have to work on my color palette with these mixtures of colors, you know. I think even with the 2018, you had the purple and and camo and stuff like that, but um, if you're a player, a player or driver collector, you have a lot of parallels to chase, so. Yeah, and, you know, something we talked about on the last show where, you know, it's debatable as to whether it's getting out of hand, you know, I, I think it's that thing of old school versus new school uh, type of collector. But one thing I want to mention before we probably wrap it up soon, you talked about Optic, how it was, you know, possibly becoming a prism quality in a few years. And it kind of is getting close with basketball, probably probably with football. But... The one thing I've noticed this year is Mosaic. It's so popular. 
um, it almost seems as if it's the new number two, maybe overtaking office. I don't, I don't know for sure. It's at least neck and neck, and it makes me wonder if Panini would consider that for NASCAR next year, either as a standalone product, which obviously would have to be, you know, an additional. Then you're talking five products instead of four, and I don't know what they're allowed with their NASCAR agreement, or if not. Was it in Chronicles this year? Am I missing? But, you know, if it wasn't in Chronicles, put it in Chronicles um, as one of the 13 brands or, you know, or whatever. Yeah, to, to your point, I, you know, they've done three so far, and they're going to have National Treasures, so four for the year. Uh, I think they've done five a year. I don't think they're limited by NASCAR. One thing I hope they would do is possibly bring that Panini Instant back next year. I think that they're losing. Um, I see the print runs for the F1 and some of that other stuff. Um, I think, you know, I guess as NASCAR starts to grow, maybe they'll consider some of that. So, But, you know, to your point, possibly adding some more brands, that would be good. But, you know, going back to that continuity, you know, Dunruss, and Prism has to stay for the, for each right know, for that continuity. So and maybe Chronicles you can go in there, but then you know. So how do you collect Chronicles in the other sports? Is it just as a player driver, or would you collect the whole brand inside the Chronicles? I think it really depends because for me it would be player slash team collector. But it's difficult because then you're looking. I'm, you know, more baseball Panini doesn't have the logos. Blah blah blah. I think in NASCAR, I think you're going total driver, unless you have an affinity for one of those brands. Say, you know, the Spectra is a, is a different card. It's thicker. It's shiny. You know, people might like that and say, well, if they're going to come out with Chronicles every year, maybe I'll collect the 10, 20, 30 Spectra cards every year because, for one, it's a small set, not too expensive. If there is that continuity, then you can, you know, kind of keep them together. There's not a lot of storage space involved and all that. And I think there's also that affinity for the nostalgia because they put score in Chronicles. So if you like score, then there's that. You know, so... I think it could be either, but I don't think it is collect all chronicles, all the sets. Uh, I think that's too much of a hodgepodge. I think you would collect one brand or two brands out of that release every year or collect your driver, when I think 100% is going to be collect the driver. Right. Yeah, I mean... You know, like I was looking at the score and select, you know, that would be something I would be possibly looking for for next year as well, you know, working on it this year because it's got a good mix of stars and rookies. And, you know, again, something I'm looking down the road to, you know, grab some and then maybe get them off signed and, you know, it gives you some little projects. But I don't know if I would collect every set inside of the Chronicles, you know. Right. And I think, not that it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but I think it's such a, like I said, a, a hodgepodge, and it's such something that you put together, and if you put it in a binder, and I'm trying to think in the set collector point of view, if you put it in a binder, it doesn't look like one set. And it's not as if 1 through 25 is score, 26 to 50 is select. 51 to 75 is Spectra. You know, they don't number it like that. Um, so I think there are too many factors. I don't want to say issues. I think there's too many factors to prevent someone from saying, I love Chronicles as a whole. Let's do this. I, just, I think if you look through the binder, you see all these pages that are separate and it looks like 17 sets or however many and there's no number of continuity, and it's just 
too many things would prevent that in my opinion. Yeah, I know when you were thinking about, when you were saying that, I was thinking like they should max out the parallels to kind of like you had mentioned before where, you know, the majority of the parallels fit in one page. You know, you have your base, your silver, and then your parallels. And then maybe, you know, you don't need to leave a space for gold or for 101, you know, on the page, but everything else would, would kind of fit. That would be kind of cool, you know. I'm going to show my age, but back in the back in the day when it was uh, it was Tops, Dunruss, and Fleer that I would have a nine-page sheet, and then you know I'd have you know Gary Carter, and I would have you know Gary Carter from the Tops and Gary Carter from the Fleer and Gary Carter from the Dunruss, you know, and that so at, at one wrong of the, of the page, you know, was like that one year. So if that makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense, and it it, it takes it's that thing of taking us back to where it was simple, where it's almost <laughs> like you didn't have choices, so you were just happy with what you were given, you know. And now, yeah, like, too many choices, and now I'm irritated because I'm that old school collector. Like, just give me three, and I'm I'm happy. I don't need a hundred. But yeah, when we when we were talking about the sets of the chronicles, and you were talking about that stuff. It made me think, why doesn't Panini do factory sets of NASCAR? And I know the answer is going to be how many people would buy it. You know, they already do a limited amount of products. They only do four or five a year. And I, I, it's a rhetorical question. I know the answer. But you and I talked through text about the Topps baseball sets where all of a sudden – Buying a complete set is a hard thing to do because everybody's grabbing them up in the market that we are, but also now there are Chase complete sets. So you could pay 50 bucks and get one numbered on 299 You could get, you know, a Gold Star Parallel set. Or there's a set out there that's all one-of-ones. If I got an all one-of-one set, I don't even know what I would do. You know, <laughs> but it makes me think that at least for the Don Russ, Panini should make some factory sets and do it like they do for football. Put the relic insert in there, or do it like Topps does for baseball. Put some parallel sets that's one in every twenty-four sets or whatever. But add some chase element as Topps did this year, and I think it would help. Uh, that sale, but, you know, first we have to get over the first hurdle of them making factory sets again. Yeah, th- when you were thinking about that, I was thinking De- Donruss is definitely a candidate for that. Now, that set is only, was it, like 200 or 250 cards total. Uh, I would love for them to actually increase that number because there are uh, drivers that, don't have cards. You know, this is where I would put the the truck and the Xfinity, everybody have a card. I mean, there are some cup drivers who don't have a card this year. So I could definitely see them expanding that a little bit, doing the factory set. And then I thought that was a stroke of genius um, with the 101 or the numbers or one out, you know, the, the star of those parallels, you know, make some exclusive factory set parallels that the driver collectors, you know, would want. So, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Well, and even to your point of it's only a 200-card set, say the Donruss football sets are 400, you know, I might, I'm sure that's not exactly, but let's say it's a 400-card set because I know the size of the box, and it's 50 bucks. Well, if it's 20, it's a 200-card set, then make it 25 or 30, and I, I still, I think it's a win-win, you know, sell some that are exclusive to, you know, the All-Star Weekend or certain races. Do a Daytona edition that's stamped. And I think those things would sell like hotcakes, you know, limit them with the stamp. Well, there's only a 1,000 at Daytona. I'd buy one for every race, you know, that they did it just because I like that oddball limited edition stuff and say, like, I'm a Nationals tops team set collector. Like, I don't do that parallel. 
but if there's one that's like got the All Star All Star Game stamp, I'll get that. And I think there's a lot of people out there with the player, or excuse me, with the drivers. that's like, hey, it's another parallel. I got to get it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Now, what I totally had forgotten is that optic is also in the Dunra, so you could do a, a flavor of maybe every factory set of Dunras had 20 optic cards, and they were special. And I guess, and jumping on that as well, is that if you had factory sets that were only available at Daytona or, uh, you know, they could set up tents uh, or, or, you know, distributors or whatever at some of these races where the only way to get it was to go to the race. Now, when Richard Petty was retiring in 92, I think it was Press Pass team, not Press Pass, it was Press Pass or Max. Anyway, Food Lion was, I think it was ProSet. ProSet teamed up with Food Lion, and at every track they were selling packs of cards that commemorated Richard Petty's career. So you had to go to every track to get these packs. And they massively they massively printed them, so they're not very wor- they're not worth a lot. But but th- that would definitely be something that I cannot tell you how happy you just made me <laughs> because wow. I have not so many, but I have a significant number of these sets, and I'm thinking, and there's different races, and I, again, I'm not the experienced NASCAR collector, but I have these, and I'm thinking what are these things that there's so many that there's five cards and I haven't looked into it and I, it was one of those things where I'm, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. But it's like, I knew this was something and now that you said that, I'm like, it's almost like a weight off my shoulders. Because <laughs> it's like I had all these things and I knew they were from the 90s. I'm just, I knew they were probably mass produced because it was per set and the whole you know, history that they have, but I thought they were, I still thought they were cool because they were something different, and again, I'm that oddball, I like food brand collection, you know, all the, you know, Hills and Repco and Kmart and all those sets from baseball, you know, so to me, they were pretty cool, it was just that thing, I never knew what they were, I'm glad you explained it, uh, and it's crazy how we can go from prism in one sentence to said in the next um, and still enjoy what we're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I'm hoping that the relationship between NASCAR and Panini and the tracks gets stronger and stronger and with, I don't want to say some of the craziness, but with some of the media attention to cards and other sports that Panini can get uh NASCAR's ear and maybe some of the tracks to do some of these things because I think there's so much opportunities because I'm like you though I like some of the oddball stuff I like some of the ones that you know your chase or whatever and the chase is part of it it's not necessarily the cost but it's the chase as well so it's a lot of fun that's why you know I like the 1989 winner circle set that was given out at the different tracks and stuff so you know it, it's just the you know, that old school, you know, Mac Kraft macaroni and cheese cards on the back or the Dorman's cheese or whatever it is, you know, it's it's right. fun stuff. So um but uh I think it's there's so much opportunity and it's it's really exciting, you know, to be a NASCAR trading card collector right now. So with the stuff that's happening and the stuff that might happen and and the way the sport is moving and all the young drivers, so it's a pretty exciting time. So I know we went over time, and um, I know we're going to stop it there for this week. Yeah, that works for me. All right, any um, any final words, Jason? Any uh, predictors uh, of who you think might win? I, I'm that. I just watch for the uh, the learning experience. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick anybody. Um, That's fine. Um, I don't have anybody. <laughs> well, you know what? It's, it's such a tight race. There's no telling, right? It's one of those things where I watch, and every time I watch, I'm I'm learning something. Uh, so I definitely, it's educational to me at this point. Maybe after this year, I'll be able to pick somebody. <laughs> uh, because my guy that I've kind of 
selected is not in it. So that's cool. Hey, um, well, thanks again, everybody, for listening, and thank you for everybody who's reached out on Twitter. I think it was Root Cards. Uh, they gave us a nice uh, compliment from last week's show. So, uh, Jason, I think you had seen that, right? Yes, I did. Uh, I was very happy that, for one, people actually listened, and then for two, that you know somebody was paying attention enough that we, we kind of got their gears going, uh, you know, on some of the stuff we were talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm using some of your advice on the um, eBay search stuff with the watch. So we'll see if that if that works out here. Try to get something a little cheaper. So, but um, that. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, please uh, like the podcast, share it with your friends, and we will catch you next next week. And we'll see who if we have any more winners that locking in to the final round in Phoenix, the championship four. So thanks everybody for listening.